Pot Radio Network is pleased to present Encounter, a public service program here on KSIV that spotlights local Christian events and provides information and resources to enrich your lives. And now, your Encounter host, Judy Redlick. Marriage. Are you married and sometimes you wonder, why did I get married? Or are you single and say, I wish I were married? How do I find the right person? Well, my guest today is Dr. Greg Smalley, and he serves as the Vice President of Marriage at Focus on the Family. I love it because Greg's got all the answers, does he? Let's find out. I'm Judy Redlick. This is Encounter. Thanks for joining me. Greg, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Judy. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, the the whole vice president of marriage, that does put a little bit of pressure it's a lot. on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Vice President, what do we find out, first of all, that you'd like to tell us about marriage besides it's tough sometimes? You know, my wife and I just had 30 years of marriage, and I tell you, as I look back on our own marriage, we started off in a rough place. Um, I love marriage. I love my wife. We just had a really hard time kind of dealing with conflict. And so for Aaron and I, those first couple of years were really hard as we tried to learn how do we manage our differences well Because when we would disagree or when we'd bump into some differences between us that would create some conflict, we didn't do that well. You know, the worse it seemed that we got walking through conflict, man, it just seemed like our hearts began to shut down to each other. I think my wife's heart probably hardened towards me in those, those very early years. And I'm so grateful that Aaron and I had a mentor couple that stepped into our life and and really started to help us. And we got counseling and definitely turned things around. But I think for everyone who gets married, I mean, I think we all go through some seasons, whether that's in the beginning or maybe you're in that kind of season right now. But I think we all go through some tough times in our marriage. What are the challenges that most people talk to you about that they go through? Yeah, I think for the early years of marriage, I think part of the challenge is that there's so many changes as we learn about each other, we adjust to each other as we're trying to figure out, you know, jobs and careers and kids and just all that stuff. And I think when you have all those changes that it creates so much conflict. So I think for a lot of couples like Aaron and I went through, I think first of all, just learning how do we manage conflict well? And for Aaron and I, yeah, I think one of the biggest things that we've learned along the way is that a lot of the stuff that we argue about, there's probably not a solution. You know, like, for example, mm. my wife is an extrovert. Well, I'm an introvert. And so I always kid and say that I only have friends because my extroverted wife set me up with play dates with other <laughs> men. And, you know, it's not like tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be extroverted. It's not like Aaron's going to wake up, you know, and be more introverted like me, despite my prayers. So it's recognizing that there's probably a lot of the conflict that we go through is perpetual. There's not necessarily a clear solution. It's not like we're looking for some way to solve it. Versus what Aaron and I have learned to do over the years is actually the most important part is when we get into conflict is, are we able to return 
and repair it. Mm. Instead of trying to figure out some solution, which usually there's not one, how do we just come back and have a dialogue and, and talk through in a way that both of us you know, feel cared for, we feel heard, we feel understood. And that's probably one of the best things that we've learned to do is that we can return to these harder conversations or these moments of conflict and repair them in a way that feels good to both of us. And then, you know, we're going to bump into something else maybe the next day or a week later, and we'll have to repair that. But I think for a lot of couples, that's a big challenge is just, you know, we don't know how to do conflict well. And I just think it comes down to our ability to really learn how to repair. You know, I think another issue that we see a lot, I hear this all the time from couples, is that I love them, I'm committed to them, but I feel like we're nothing more than married roommates. So I think within just our culture, you know, we're all busy. You know, we're a busy culture. We've got a lot going on. We get involved in jobs and kids and church and hobbies and friends and and I think for a lot of couples it's easy for them to drift apart to where they wake up one day and just realize that man we're nothing more than married roommates dude I remember probably seven years eight years into my marriage where I had my very first marriage book coming out it was called the marriage you've always dreamed of And I'll never forget the day that my wife, Erin, just came to me in tears and just said, yeah, we have drifted so far apart. I just feel so disconnected. And she didn't say it, but I could tell what she was thinking is that this is about as far from the marriage that I've always dreamed of. That you wrote about. Yeah. So the marriage that you dreamed about, dreamed of and wrote about was not quite where you and Erin were right then. Not at all. We just drifted apart. How did you repair that with her to line up with your book? Yeah. You know, I think what it was for me is that it became a huge wake-up call to go, you know, there's so much that's competing for our time and and our attention. It seemed like what I started realizing that a lot of what Aaron and I would talk about was administrating our marriage. Like, who's picking up the kids? Who's going to the grocery store? Yep, get that schedule. Who's going to build the budget? Who's going to put together the will? Who's going to do that? Who's going to go to the bank and make the deposit? Yeah, the schedule and the orchestration of it. You're right. Yeah, and and I think we were just administrating our marriage to death. That's what was monopolizing our Mm. conversation. And I think what I realized is that that stuff has to be talked about, but if we're not intentional in carving out just a few minutes every day to where we're having more inner life conversations. You know, talking about how are you feeling? What's stressing you out? What are you dreaming about? What's the desires of your heart? If we're not intentional, and the research shows that if we just spend 10 minutes a day in sort of that inner life conversation to where we're not talking about the schedules and the to-do list, but we're really finding out how the other person is really doing. Aaron and I have learned to do this over time by simply going, hey, what was the higher of your day and what was the low of your day? And so we've prioritized that. And so what it does is that it keeps us current. I stay updated on who my wife is because she's always changing. And I think that was what was going on for us is that in the midst of all of our busyness, in the midst of all of our administrating our marriage, we were changing. 
And one day we mm. just woke up and went, wow, we have drifted so far apart. I don't even know who you really are. How do you do that? There are probably some couples that are listening to this or some husbands or some wives, and they're saying, how do we reach that inner life of each other? We've been married 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. How do we start that process? Yeah. Part of it is just recognizing that those conversations will never happen by accident. You know, all the administration of our marriage, that stuff will happen whether we want it to or not, because it takes a lot to manage a family, manage a marriage. So part of it is just recognizing What could I do intentionally? And that's why when I saw the research that said the couples who are most satisfied spend 10 minutes a day in that inner life conversation, that really stood out to me going, I could do 10 minutes, you know? And it doesn't even have to be consecutive. It could be five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. But what Aaron and I have learned to do is either maybe over dinner time, you know, right before we go to bed, We'll just ask each other, hey, real quick, what was the high of your day, the low of your day? You know, I love one of my favorite groups is Journey. So remember the old rock group, yeah, Journey? I do. They've got a great <laughs> song called Faithfully. Faithfully. And in it, there's a wonderful line that says that I get the joy of rediscovering you. And that's really what Aaron and I are trying to do. We're just trying to rediscover each other. What was the higher of your day? What was the lower of your day? We spend our 10 minutes just hearing And what that does is that we rediscover, we stay current and updated. It's just a great way that we stay connected. And that's why I think the illusion is, oh, you've got to have these big date nights and you've got to go on vacations, you've got to do all this big stuff. When I think the reality is if we really want to stay connected and battle being married roommates, is that just 10 minutes a day can make such a big difference if we prioritize that. Greg, what is a leading question for you to ask your mate so you can start doing these inner life 10-minute segments every day? Yeah, an easy one is just that, what was the higher of your day? What was the low of your day? I'd actually asked Aaron, you know, are there other questions, though, that I could ask? And here's what Aaron said to me. She said, if you would ask me how I'm doing emotionally, so kind of how am I feeling today, she said, ask me how things are going between me and the kids, not administratively, but just relationally. She said, ask me how things are going between me and my friends, and then ask what's one thing God's been teaching me as of late. And that gave me some just real simple things for my wife that are meaningful, that helps me explore what's going on inside her. And like I said, it's such an easy way just to stay current that 10 minutes a day. We've also do this even, you know, right before we try to fall asleep, you know, we'll we'll pray together. We don't do this every day. I wish we did. But I'll even just ask her, what's one thing that I can pray for you about tomorrow? And that's, Judy, I found that's another easy way just to find out what's going on in my wife's life. You talked about asking them what your high and what your low is of the day, but what is the initial question so that you'll both start learning more about inner life things each day? Yeah, I think what I did with Erin is that I actually asked her zero to 10, 10 being the most connected, zero being zero connection. You know, how connected do you feel to me right now, today? 
and if you're courageous enough to ask that, I mean, Erin, there's sometimes that she'll say, oh, I feel it's in an eight. There's times that she's like a two. I'm like, oh, what? And then it just gets us into good conversation to where we can then, as we're talking, then use the high and low and use some of the other questions. But what that does is that just gives us a good sense of, of where is our connection right now today. Greg, we're going to have to take a break. Will you join me for another segment? Absolutely. As vice president of marriage at Focus on the Family, he also gives counsel to individuals who are looking to get married. So if you're looking to get married, maybe some of the initiatives that he's involved with will help you. We'll talk about some of them in our second segment and much more. I'm Judy Redlick. This is Encounter. If you've listened to me at any time at all, or you've been friends with me, you know that I love to help people tell their story. Another thing I enjoy doing is helping people find their highest potential. If you're in a life's rut and you just can't figure out how to get past your stuck place, a life coach like me could help. Let me walk with you through your journey of transition. I'm a Christian life coach, and to find out more about my coaching, go to my coaching page at judyredlick.com or email me at jredlickspeaks at gmail.com. I'm Judy Redlick. This is Encounter. My guest is Greg Smalley, Vice President of Marriage at Focus on the Family. He has a podcast called Focus on Marriage. And he works hard to develop initiatives to prepare not only individuals who are looking to get married, but other things to help strengthen and nurture existing marriages. So, Greg, the all-important question, what are the reasons why couples get divorced? Yeah, I think that what happens oftentimes is that couples drift apart and so they end up feeling uh, like married roommates like you mentioned in the first part I think that we also talked about kind of what happens when we don't know how to work through conflict because if we can't work through our differences then we stop doing that together we start to work that stuff on our own and we end up feeling lonely and that's where the relationship gets into just a really tough place I think for others It's a lack of commitment. Um, Maybe they joke a lot about divorce or they start looking around um, at other relationships. And so I think, you know, a lack of commitment can be such a big one. And I think that that a lot of couples, they quit talking. They quit having good, deep conversations to where they're, they're constantly trying to update and and learn about their spouse, you know, because, you know, I've been married 30 years and I wrote an article, I think I titled it, the five women I've been married to all named Aaron. <laughs> and, you know, cause who my wife was at 20 is very different than who she was at 30 and at 40. And in the midst of all those changes, you know, if, if we're not constantly communicating, talking, exploring, you know, who this person is. And, you know, like today was our youngest daughter's very first day of high school. 
Well, you know, that's a new season in our life. And if I'm not taking time to talk to Aaron about that, to talk about what that's, what is that like? Our youngest is in high school now. Maybe there's ways that Aaron is grieving that. Maybe there's things that she now needs differently from me. And so if I'm not taking time to really just to understand who she is anytime we go through these different seasons and changes, which is happening all the time, boy, we can really then start to drift apart. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of couples will cite irreconcilable differences as it pertains to divorce. And what is so unfortunate is, you know, God made us so beautifully different. You know, Aaron and I are completely different. And in the moment that I start to see our differences as the problem in our relationship, boy, that's such a tough place because differences are never the problem. That's the beauty. What's, what's the problem is that maybe we don't know how to manage and work through our differences. And so I think for a lot of couples, they start to see the problem between them as we're just so different and that's irreconcilable. And, and I always disagree with that and go, no, you know, it's, it's just a matter of learning. How do we, how do we, you know, flex, how do we learn and, and value those differences and learn how to, how to manage them? So those are some of the big things I think that people will cite as far as why they ended up divorced. You note that every couple is at risk for divorce at one time in their marriage. That's a really scary statement. Yeah, we, you know, because the reality is that marriage is the most amazing journey that we'll ever be on. It's just the grandest of all adventures. And adventures you know, have the highs and the lows. They, they, there's the fun times and, and the exciting times and the times filled with passion. And then there's moments to where we're disconnected. There's moments that we're in conflict. And there could be moments and seasons that, that are really dark. And, you know, our oldest daughter, um, she was married for three years. And on her third wedding anniversary, her husband came home and said, I don't want to be married anymore. And he wasn't willing mm. to get help. And looking back on it, that, that became a very, very dark time for our family. You know, as we walked with our oldest daughter through that, I think it caused me moments to go, why, why am I in the whole marriage ministry realm? Like, I couldn't even help my own daughter. What am I doing? And it just launched our family into a deep depression, a, a darkness. And Aaron and I, through that, you know, we had to figure out our way. How do we lead our family through this? How do we stay connected? How do we, as a matter of fact, Judy, what it caused me to do is to go, you know, what, what are some blind spots in my own life that may create challenges in my marriage? Because I don't want that to happen to us. And it actually caused me to go to counseling. And I'll never forget, we were driving one time and, um, this car kind of cut me off. We were pulling up to a stoplight and this person just kind of cut in front of me. It was really weird. So I pulled around and I just kind of shot this person a, a bad look, like really seriously. And so Aaron said to me, stop that. That doesn't feel safe. You don't know what this person will do. And so we kind of started bickering, you know, on her thoughts of my driving. 
And so I even told her, I said, hey, if you don't like how I'm driving, just look out the side window. Then you won't even see what I'm doing. Like, what a, what a horrible thing to say to my wife. And what was so interesting is I tried to repair that, you know, maybe later that night. One of the things she said to me is she said, you know, I've just been noticing that you've been super reactive to other drivers lately. Like, that's new. I defended myself and rationalized it, whatever. But it was a moment that I really had to go, you know what, what's going on with me? And that was a part of why I went into counseling to go, I don't know why I'm so mad at other drivers. It was so good to talk to this counselor just individually and just work through some things that that was going on, not only my daughter's divorce, but there's just a lot of stress that I was carrying and I was showing up in my marriage. And so I think we all have those moments. We all have issues. We have baggage that we have to deal with. And I think that's a part of a, of a strong marriage, a part of the adventure that Aaron and I have to deal with that stuff along the way. We've got to continue to grow. How do you find the courage to dig deeper? Yeah, I think for me that it comes down to that, that I know that that's a a big part of what God desires for me as an individual, for Aaron as an individual, just to continue growing. And, and my confidence is that, you know, God's there. Like, he, he is all about growing, becoming more like, like his son. And so for me, it's just recognizing that, I mean, I have issues. I know I have issues. I've got a lot of issues. And I don't want my personal junk to negatively impact my marriage, which I know it does. And so for me, the, the courage is just going, you know, I, I want to have a great marriage. I want to have a marriage that, you know, that my wife and I are thrilled with, that we love the direction that it's going. As a matter of fact, I tell Aaron all the time that, you know, you promised that you were going to love me. I, I believe that. And so for me, it's, it's honestly not that big of a deal when she says, I love you. Actually, what I really want her to tell me is that she likes me. And a part of what I need to do to make sure that that my wife likes me is I've got to keep growing as an individual and dealing with my stuff. And that means that I need at times to go and get that help from a good Christian counselor. And yeah, and and I do that periodically. I do that when... How do you find that help? If you need to go to a counselor, what tips yeah, do you give well, people actually, on finding Focus on the Family, come to FocusOnTheFamily.com. We've got a, an amazing referral list, counselors that we've vetted. You can type in your zip code, and it'll pull up counselors who have been through a process with Focus, and there you go. And you can jump right in. You can call Focus and, and meet with one of our licensed Christian counselors for a, a one-hour consultation just to get something started. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com. So yes. FocusOnTheFamily.com. Quickly, we don't have a lot of time left. What about to those people contemplating marriage? Yeah, I would. I would really echo what I've been saying is that you're not looking for the perfect mate, become the perfect mate. And in other words, you know, what is it that I need to keep working on? Um, you know, I tell married people all the time, the worst question you can ask is, how do I have a great marriage? It's actually the better question is, how can I be a better spouse? And so this idea that, that just how am I growing as an individual, 
the more I'm willing to grow, to deal with my junk, to deal with the past, whatever it is, because we carry all that into our marriage. And if you're committed to doing that, man, you just, you're preparing then to have such a strong, good marriage. Because we see that as we counsel couples, usually the big deficit is the individuals aren't well cared for. And so as you deal with your stuff, as you get counseling, as you just keep working on you, you're laying such a strong foundation that's going to help you build such a powerful marriage someday. You know, marriage is only going to be as good as the individuals. So the health of the individuals has to matter. And that's the beauty of that season of singleness is you can really learn how to do that so that you're walking into marriage really, really as healthy as you can be. And again, you'll have to deal with other stuff. But boy, that is such an important part of a strong marriage is that it has to have two healthy individuals. Two healthy individuals. Are you at that point in your marriage or in your relationship contemplating marriage? Maybe you'd like to learn more about Focus on the Family and the type of services they have. You can go to FocusOnTheFamily.com. You're the co-host of Focus on Marriage podcast. How can people listen to that? Yeah, just any streaming service that you have, just find Focus on Marriage podcast. What I like is Erin and I get to do that together. My wife's a marriage therapist, so we have really fun conversations. But we get to to take the men and women who come through our daily broadcast, and then we get to interview them. It's just such a fun, it's real. Aaron and I want to tackle tough questions and have real discussions using our own marriage as part of those stories. So we'd love to have you journey with us. Author of 20 books, podcast host with his wife. My guest today on Focus on the Family, Vice President of Marriage at Focus on the Family, Greg Smalley. Thanks a lot for joining me, Greg. Oh, thank you so much, Judy, for having me on today. And thank you all for tuning in. And don't forget, Focus on the Family has a lot of great information up there at FocusOnTheFamily.com. Okay, sweetheart, I've turned on the nightlight, and here's Teddy. Grandma, I love it when you tuck me in. You're my best friend. Don't ever leave me. I love you. Electronic Caregiver helps seniors maintain independence and safety at home with their medical alert system. The Smart Wristband provides telehealth, medication reminders, and personalized messages. If an emergency occurs, loved ones can call for help by pushing the button. More information from Cheryl Wilson at 314-312-0034. Check out more of Judy's interviews at judyredlich.com. That's J-U-D-Y-R-E-D-L-I-C-H dot com. Or email her at judyredlichspeaks at gmail.com. Friend her on Facebook. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Encounter, hosted by Judy Redlick, was produced and first aired on KSIV Radio, part of their Bot Radio Network.